Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're going to talk about whether or not you should run with perineal tendonitis. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. All right, one of the million dollar questions I get from runners is, you know, can I run when I have this specific injury? And so just today I was doing a remote consultation call on Skype with a, a runner. He's an ultra marathoner. He's in the UK and he's training for a huge trail race in the Dolomites and he wants to be able to run. Well, turns out that he got a little bit of perineal tendonitis. He had some pain and swelling around the ankle and it was starting to bug him. So his big question is, can I do the race if I have perineal tendonitis? Now, if you're a doctor, you probably think that's the stupidest thing ever. You should not let a patient run with perineal tendonitis. You know, we put them in a fractured walking boot for four to six weeks. But if you're a runner, do you really want to sit in a fractured walking boot for four to six weeks when you have a month and a half or so before your race? Probably not. I wouldn't either. So you don't always have to do that. So the first thing I'll tell you is that you can do anything you want. You just have to be willing to pay the consequences. So you have to be reasonable about this. You have to think about what's going on when you get an injury. You have to think about how you can decrease the stress enough to that injured structure so you can actually run. Now, the normal thing when you get perineal tendonitis is to let the tendons calm down by sitting around in a fracture walking boot for a month or a month and a half. So I wouldn't do that. Now, I had a circumstance where that happened to me. So what happened in my case was I was basically training for uh, an Ironman race and I had been using Newtons to run in when I would race and I had just not used them in a while. Now, Newtons, I have to get used to them because they're relatively unstable, but I will tell you that they have done a huge reduction. Well, so what I was doing is I was basically training for an Ironman and I was planning on running in my Newtons again, but I had actually not been running in the Newtons very frequently. So I figured I need to get used to these. So what did I do? Well, I thought this is a sort of classic thing that runners do that screws themselves up. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to run with my friend Katie. She, you know, she asked me to run. I thought maybe I'll use them on Sunday. If I was going to run with Katie, we'd talk all the time. So I figured we wouldn't be running that fast. So I sort of justified it. So I knew off the top, it was not a good idea to run in shoes I was not used to to do a long run, but I sort of justified it thinking I'll run slow. But then it turns out we did 16 miles of hills in relatively unstable shoes that I was not really prepared for and wasn't strong enough for was a big mistake. The next day I woke up, I got out of bed. I had a huge bruise on the side of my foot. I mean, this is bad. This is not a good sign. That means that something ripped, something tore, something broke, something split, whatever. Something's wrong if you have a bruise that big. I didn't roll my ankle. It was just overuse. So I really injured something. Basically, I injured my perineal tendons. I, of course, knew what that meant. I was worried about this. I was looking at it and I was thinking, man, this is horrible. I'm four weeks out from Ironman, Florida. I'm screwed, basically. But, you know, I knew what it meant. I knew what I should do. I, I wasn't going to just bail on the race. But any doctor would have told me that you can't do the race. You have to wear a fracture walking boot for a month or month and a half and then forget about the race altogether. I didn't want to do that. So what I did was I basically really iced it aggressively. I used compression socks around the clock, I slept in them, and I used a fracture walking boot for a day or two just to let it really calm down. So I slept in the boot, I let it completely immobilize and just calm down for a couple of days. I got on my bike, I went for a short bike ride, no pain. Next day I went for a long bike ride, no pain. Then I went for a short run, no pain. And turns out that that race, which I ended up doing, was my fastest Ironman ever. So it's still my personal record in terms of my fastest Ironman. 
and it was four weeks right after I had this injury, which would have normally, you know, a doctor would have incarcerated me in a fractured walking boot all that time. So you don't always have to do the normal thing, but you have to think about what the problem is and see how you respond. So what I did was I reduced the inflammation, got the swelling out, and then I was really careful about protecting it and doing some stuff to supplement my fitness. Granted, I did uh, ride a lot more than I normally would in those last few weeks, and I ran a lot less than I normally would in those few weeks. But I did the race, and I ran, and I ran fast, and the race was great. So, you know, that's the thing is you have to figure out what your real goal is. So, if you have this sort of injury, you have a flare-up of the perineal tendons, and your marathon is like eight months away. Well, it makes sense to take the time off, really get it to recover, you know, just be prudent about it because you have plenty of time to ramp up later. So I think that that's a reasonable way to do it. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You will have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Now, if you have a race that's just around the corner, you know, like a month away or two weeks away, three weeks away, you have to decide what you're going to do. And the million dollar question when you have that sort of injury in that circumstance is you want to figure out, should I just like really aggressively treat it now, like, you know, with a cast or a fracture walking boot or something just for a few days and see if it resolves really quickly? Should you just see if it's an inflammatory issue? And that's what this guy did. He actually was really thinking about this. So he took the right approach. What he did was he said he had been doing this contrast bath routine and he really got the swelling down quickly. And that is really important information. So if you do you know, aggressive icing or you're doing the contrast bath routine, alternating hot and cold, and you get a huge improvement right away and a lot of swelling goes away, that tells you that it's, you know, it's not a stress fracture or something, it's just something superficial like in the tendon sheath or, um, or in the soft tissue around the bones and it's not the bones themselves, it's unlikely you have a split in the tendon because if you really had a split in the tendon, it's not going to go down, the swelling's not going to go down that quickly anyway. So that's very good information to have because it tells you prognostically or sort of like what you can expect, you know, whether or not you could get this thing to heal quickly or not. So in his case, he had a huge improvement. He was still having some pain, but then we just talked about what to do. He said, okay, well, look, if you want to do the race, you can do it, but what are your choices? Like, what do most of us do? What most of us do is we say, well, 
you know, I'm going to run a little bit less. I'm not going to run 20 miles this weekend. I'll run 10. And instead of running on mostly a really rough trail, I'll run on an easy surface, you know, flat ground or something. But that's not really training, right? So that's not going to get you where you want to be. That's not really going to get you back to your real race fitness. It's not going to get you where you need to be. So you're kind of half doing it. If you just took a couple of days and really aggressively rested it, you know, you used fracture walking boot, you taped it, you did something to add a lot of stability and you really protected that ankle and you let the perineal tendons calm down completely, then you're probably going to be in a lot better position to then go actually do your race and enjoy it. So you have to realize that when you're thinking about this, there's two things you need to think about. Your idea of success and the doctor's idea of success. So most doctors will say, skip the race, we're going to put you in a fracture walking boot or a cast for four weeks or six weeks or whatever they think you need, and then your perineal tendons are going to calm down, your pain's gonna go away, and that's what they define as success. That's not what I define as success. So with this guy in particular, I said, that's not success. So success is not missing the race and having no ankle pain. The, the, the success for you is actually going to run in the Dolomites and do your trail race and have a great time. That's success. Anything short of that is failure in my mind. So you, know, you have to figure out, are you on track for that? Are you on track to get this thing to calm down fast enough and then do some other stuff to maintain your fitness while you're ramping up for that particular race? So you know, if you do some core work at the gym, if you supplement your running fitness with some cycling, if you do some other things to help maintain your fitness, to really supplement you, what you know is your run fitness, you know, with core work or these other things, your hamstrings, your glutes, you work those things out at the gym and you do it in a way that's safe and not really stressing the perineal tendons, then you should be able to do your race if you're ramping up and you're not getting more and more pain. So you have to monitor it very quickly. That's super important. So you as an athlete have to pay attention to this. Your doctor is not going to really walk you through this process in most cases. I mean, I talk to runners all over the world who have these kind of problems. They're calling me because their doctors tell them to quit doing stuff. You don't want to quit doing stuff. That's the whole point. You want to do whatever's going to work to get it to heal, but you have to realize it's this big continuum. If you do no activity at all, you're going to heal. If you define healing as making the pain go away in the perineal tendons. But again, that's not the only goal. Your goal is to get that pain to go away so you can continue to run. So you just have to assess it as you go along and try to determine, are you removing enough of the stress to let it heal? That's really important. So when you think about that, if it's the perineal tendons, the perineal tendons help stabilize your foot. And when you pronate and supinate, you know, the foot is least stable when it's pointed down, it wobbles more. So the perineal tendons have to fire more to sort of hold your foot still as you're landing on uneven surfaces. So if you're running down a steep, rocky trail where your foot's wobbling all over the place, that's more stressful. If you're running uphill, you know, you have some stress from the perineal tendons, but it's not as bad as when you're flying downhill and you're trying to stabilize landing on your toes. But all of those uneven surfaces where the road slopes really bad, the trail slopes really bad, you land on roots or rocks or anything else, and the perineal tendons have to pull to hold your foot in that position and not roll your ankle, that's where the stress comes in. So the way I think about it is if you're a trail runner, you can just run less, but if you're really freaked out about the idea of not maintaining your running fitness, then what you could do is something simpler. What you could do is say, okay, I need to maintain some of that sort of neuromuscular balance stuff that you get from running on trails, from the feel of running on uneven surfaces. Let's say you had a plan of running four hours on Saturday and you did some stuff to really calm it down during the week, you know, your weekend rolls around, in your mind, you're thinking you really want to do this four-hour trail run, but you know it's not good for you. You know it's too much. You know it's too much 
it's just too much uh, uh, stress on the perineal tendon. So, well, what could you do? Well, if you think about it, when are you going to have the most stress? When's the most risk? It's not the first hour, it's the fourth hour. It's the last hour, it's the last half. So if you were doing really well, you had no pain in the perineal tendons, and then you went for a trail run, but what you did is you ran for like an hour on the really rough, uneven stuff when you're fit and strong and you can maintain your form. And then after that, you ran like maybe another hour on a fire road or a flat dirt road or a road that's really even and predictable and it's not gonna put as much strain on the perineal tendons. And then you ran two hours on flat pavement. Well, that's really a, a way to add a lot of aerobic training, some trail specific training, some stability training, and yet really not overstress the perineal tendons. So, you know, you can also think about in that respect, if you're improving, if your pain's going away, your goal is to rapidly just ramp up that activity so that you can get to your race level fitness without overstressing that injured structure. That's the key. The whole goal is to match that as closely as possible. Just think of it as training. You know, training, what you wanna do is you wanna work out as hard as you possibly can and then recover. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.